Do you want Spears and Ali unchained, unfiltered, uncensored? If you like the live show on ESPN Tucson, 1490 AM, 94.9 HD, Channel 4, and the ESPN Tucson mobile app, then you'll love Spears and Ali Overtime, where we discuss sports, culture, movies. And enough with the gratuitous cussing, Justin. I mean, you don't have to always use words like and and go yourself. It's Spears and Ali Overtime. Subscribe, rate, and comment on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson. Spears, I like that. With Justin Spears and Ali Farhang on 1490 AM, 94.9 HD Channel 4, ESPN Tucson. Brought to you by Tucson Federal Credit Union, the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans, and Rightway Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing. I want to be entertaining, but I'm not stupid enough to compare myself to Ali. I'm your host, Mike Luke, uh, filling in for uh, filling in for Justin Spears. We've got Ben White in here. This uh, hour is brought to you by the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans, Rightway uh, Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing. And who else do I got here? The Tucson Federal Credit Union, Mike. The Tucson Federal Credit Union, and I said that by for a reason, because we like the Tucson Federal Credit Union a great deal. I have a good story about the Tucson Federal Credit Union that we will talk about later on in the show. But we've got a lot to get to this uh, show today. I don't know if you guys know or not, but Arizona beat ASU. It was a uh, beginning-to-end win. And then, listen, you know, sometimes you, you try to just take away, like, you know, what is your takeaway? This was one takeaway for me. Kylan freaking Boswell, my man. We've been talking about it. We need this guy back. And he looked good. Thoughts on Kylan Boswell, Ben One White? 17 points, 7 for 9, 3 for 4 from 3. I mean, he is the reason they won that game last night and it's been a while that you could for you to be able to say that. I mean, he thought he I thought he came out, he hit a couple of big threes, gave Arizona a double digit lead very early and he looked confident out there. And I think the one thing we've talked about with him is you know, he has that jumper three. He, you know, he can do things for you offensively, but when that shot isn't falling, not a whole lot else you can do and see from him. But that was not the case last night. I mean, he was hitting floaters. He was hitting threes. He was even getting to the rim a little bit. And again, you talk about that one piece that gets Arizona as far as they're going to go. Um, you know, last night's a perfect example of that because he set the tone and he was that A-plus guy you need out there. And he was a difference maker. He wasn't just, you know, it was almost like we got to the point where you just like, all right, just bring the ball up the court and just, you know, don't turn it over, do anything like that. He was a total difference maker. And I think that's where, as an Arizona fan, that's where you're excited by it. Because, again, we haven't necessarily seen that. Uh, well, I haven't seen that in quite a while. And he was doing it with confidence, too. That was the mm -hmm. other thing. He was making the three. He was getting into the lane. He was finishing around the bucket. It was just overall a very, very nice performance by, you know, a player that's been beaten up quite a bit. And, um, I, again, it was just very cool to see because uh as you use one of my favorite phrases he deserved it bed one white he did and if we go to cut two here andrew why don't we hear from the great tommy lloyd talking about kylan boswell's performance last night kylan is a, is a really good player you know i mean i know he's been on the microscope a little bit and you know that's what happens when you are the point guard at arizona but um but i thought i thought he played exceptional today and i mean to have 17 points in this atmosphere for an 18 year is pretty awesome Maybe a little bit of that, that tough love you were talking about the other day. I mean, it could be, you know, for sure. I mean, you know, Kylan and I, we have great conversations, and you know, it's definitely love. I don't know if it's always tough, but uh, but yeah, to see him come out and respond like that, I mean, I think that's a 
it's a great sign for our team. That's what we need, Mike Luke. And we also yeah. need the Bruce Pascoe question in there about tough love. I hope you like that. I love the Bruce Pascoe question. By the way, we had boots on the ground taking. Did you happen to see the video we got of Bruce Pascoe? Uh, oh, yesterday? believe me, I saw it. I think all of Twitter saw it. Bruce Pascoe, our good friend Bruce Pascoe, who will be on tomorrow. Yes. Um, well, he was slithering around Desert Financial Credit Union in a new Untucket. We got video of this, which we posted <laughs> just to prove it. But, uh, yes, of course. Uh, Bruce Pascoe, Bruce... it's it's funny. He's one of those dudes where, like, you you compare a picture of him from, like, 15 years ago today, and he looks exactly the same. Like, the no, guy doesn't 15 age. 15 years ago? How about 30 years ago? Yeah, you and Bruce Pascoe uh, share that uh, characteristic. Yeah, I sure. know. We age like fine wine. Some yes. things about us suck, but that doesn't suck. All right, now – um. But again, with Boswell, though, like, like you know, like, the, like Tommy Lloyd said, he said, got, uh, he said, you know, uh, Kylan's a good player, and you know, he's been beaten up some. But again, you got Arizona's going to go as far as this guy takes you at a certain degree. Again, I don't necessarily need him to be like that all night, although that would be fantastic. Yeah. But I one thousand percent need him to be somewhat of a. Uh, to be listen, let's let's just call the way it is. To be as good as he can be, because his upside is very high, as we saw last night. It was just very cool to see Ben White. Yeah, I mean, he he was the leading scorer, scorer seventeen points. I mean, five guys in double figures—that's huge. And I think when he performs the way he does, I think you see this with other players. The energy, and I know we've talked about Keyshawn Johnson and some of the other players like Love on this team, but. I think it really is underrated when it comes to energy and really setting the tone when a guy like Boswell goes out there and plays that way because it makes life easier for every other player on Arizona. Larson was able to find his spots, put up some points. Caleb Love obviously continues to do his thing. I don't think it's as impactful there, but guys like Larson, guys like Ballo, even Keyshaw Johnson, who had 10 points, who we'll get to here in a minute, and the bench as well. I mean, you had, what, 16 points off the bench, so that's nothing to uh, shy away from as well. But I think Boswell is huge, and he has the weapons. He has the ability you know, to really perform well and, and flow within this offense. And that's something that Lloyd even talked about, just the fact that you have all these pieces. You're set up for success, and he even mentioned that here in Cut 3 if we have it. Yeah, I mean, I always want Kylan to be aggressive. I, I think Kylan's playing with two of the best playmaking wings in the country, and uh, and Caleb and Pella. So you know, when Kylan's out there, he doesn't necessarily need to dominate the ball. You know, Kylan can get off the ball and and then give it to one of those guys, and they can play in the in the actions. And then you know, Kylan's a great floor spacer, and when he's hunting catch and shoot shots, he's a really good player. Yeah, and, and, and it's so true. He doesn't need to do everything. I mean, no. again, when you've got Caleb Love, when you've got Pella Larson, when you got Jaden Bradley uh, coming off the bench as well, when you've got KJ Lewis, there's a lot of there's a lot of talent around. So it's not like he's just got to do you know one thing or he's just got to do the uh, you know everything out there. He doesn't need to really do that. And another thing too, we got to give a big shout out to Jaden Bradley. Jaden yep. Bradley was absolutely fantastic. Um, he's got some of the quickest hands I think that I've ever seen here at the U of A. I mean, it's it's absolutely remarkable. I mean, how many times on a fast break will you see somebody, uh, you know, drive into the hoop and he just slaps their ball? Or slaps sounds terrible. And he just slaps <laughs> the ball away. Um, and uh, and you know, and he's and he's far from a lost cause offensively as well. There's just like I said, this is when this unit gets rolling, and like you said, this was a this was a very balanced this was a very balanced effort because when this unit gets rolling, they are they're I mean they're yeah. a real they're a real real problem, and you know honestly, um, 
uh, you know, all all the starters are capable. And uh, did we already play cut four? We did not, but we're we're setting up to that, right? If we could play cut four, I was just looking at this. Ben White, that's why Ben is smarter than me. Ben Ben has the natural transitions where I screw them up. But Andrew Trujillo. That's why we, we got to have... send you a script. If you yeah, guys don't it's know, almost Mike, like I need every, a show run. Every time Mike Luke uh, fills in on this show, you know, he's got it all scripted word for word. So but That's true. You can tell by listening that it is a yes, well-oiled every, machine that has been rehearsed. You can tell everything we say is on script, yes. Everything is planned. Many, many times. Let's hear cut four. Well, that's something we, we, we take pride in. And, you know, we want to be able to not be a, a team that you can load up and, and focus on one guy. And to have different guys be able to score, it, it, it's really special. And, you know, we, we talk about, you know, you know, like I said, our basketball, our shots, you know, our effort is, is always far superior than, than my shot or your shot. And, and so, you know, collectively we're better together. And, and we need to, you know, down the stretch here and get ready for the postseason. I mean, that needs to, that needs to be reemphasized over and over and over. Yes, all of that. Yes. Again, all of that. <laughs> you got all your starters in double figures. Uh, K.J. Lewis, seven points. Jane Bradley, seven points. Mount Crevis even chipped in with a couple. But again, this is gonna this is an this is an eight man rotation. I don't think that you're gonna see. You know, I know that Brad Alice is calling to see a little bit more Philly B. Brad <laughs> Alice is wrong. You will not be seeing any more Philly B. Nor should you. As much as I love hashtag Philly B. This is this is the lineup. This is the rotation. These are gonna yep. be the eight players. And you know, for good or bad, they got to be able to pick each other up. They got to be able to play well. And they did all that. This game also in a weird way. And I get I, again. I get that ASU stinks, um, but this also had a little bit of like a round of 32 type feel to it, where you get out real, you get out early against a team that uh, has a little bit of talent, but it certainly isn't great. And then you kind of, uh, you know, they kind of come back to the pack a little bit, yeah. and then it's kind of up to you when you get punched in the face to punch back. And not only did Arizona punch back, they hit him back with a howitzer to get back up to about a 15-point lead. It was, a kind of, it was a fun game with the ebbs and flows, but Arizona, there were two different times when they needed to be able to make that push, and they were able to make that push, man. Well, I mean, you've seen it from them in stretches throughout the season where you run into that little bit of a wall in, in each game, and it, it seems like that's the case for this team at the beginning of second halves. Um, but, you know, I, I thought even though the fact that Collins got hot from three and ASU found a little bit of a rhythm and they got, got it to a five, six-point game, you know, in stretches, didn't seem to matter because it, it seemed like out of all the players – Boswell was there possession after possession when ASU would make a bucket and he would just nail a clutch three or he would hit a jump shot. And at that point, you know, it's a six point game and then it's a 10 point game, an 11 point game. ASU really had no ability to, to keep this close. And I thought Arizona responded well because we've seen them come out in second halves of games where they kind of just look like they're sleepwalking and it's fine if that's going to be the case the first minute or two into the second half. I get it. You're coming out of halftime, right? But if that carries over five, six minutes into that second half, that's when you've got a problem. And we've seen that from this team, but there was none of that at all. And, you know, again, if Arizona can continue to play this well, they seem like they're peaking at the right time and they legitimately have the right guys that they're going to be able to go to and rely on and get some impactful contributions from because, you know, it's one thing to have five guys in double figures. It's another thing, another thing to have, what, probably four out of those five guys just be truly impactful. Um, you know, Larson had 12 last night. Ballo had 14, although I think most of that came, you know, later in that second half 
Um, they weren't going to him as early. But at the same time, Arizona has options, right? They can beat you from the guard spot, but they can also beat you down low. And I think that's what's so cool about this team. Yeah, again, I mean, they don't, they just physically, they don't have a weakness. I mean, we've seen teams here at the U of A, well, we've seen teams around the country that they, you know, they're good, but there's a weakness. And, yeah. you know, it, it just kind of depends on what exactly that weakness is. Is that weakness that you are not good, uh, you know, that you don't have a ton of bigs? Or that you, uh, Arizona certainly got bigs. You've got uh, Umar Ballo, leader of men, Keyshawn Johnson, and then Mo Crevis. Or you don't have, say, perimeter size. Well, Arizona certainly got perimeter size. Pella Larson, K.J. Lewis, et cetera. Or that Arizona doesn't have ball handlers. Or, yep. I mean, Arizona. That's, a team doesn't have ball handlers. Arizona's got ball handlers. They check all those off. Era. Everything from a physicality, from a roster talent setup situation Arizona's got and not only does Arizona have Arizona's kind of gotten spades that's why you know yeah. again it's th- this team this team is really cut out to be you know is built to be able to make a play come March and yep. you know on and the other thing too that's interesting about this squad is that from a scoring perspective it didn't even feel like Caleb Love had a very good game but man when yeah it, it, it the daggers that he throws when you know the game is on the line is just it's just re, it's just remarkable what he is able to do again those yeah. two three pointers those things were nothing but net and that put the game away and there was absolutely no looking back for uh, there was no looking back for ASU at that point he's just got it's weird like i said he's far from a flawless player but man does he have a flair for the moment a flair for the dramatic and very happy that he's on our side ben one white yeah, two things on that. One, like, to your point, yeah, I mean, he hits these wild shots. And I think when other teams go up against him, you kind of just throw up your hands and say, what do you do? Like, I'm right. pressing the guy. I've got my hands in his face. And and the, the shot, you know, whether it's a, a floater or an absurd, absurd you know, absurd shot from, from three really deep, it, it still finds a way to go in. So, look, he's clutch. He's that playmaker. And, and we've talked about it, and we'll keep beating that drum with the fact that, you know, you need that dog on this team. You need somebody who's not going to be afraid to take the shot, somebody who you're entirely comfortable giving the ball to in the last or two possessions of a game where it's a little bit tight, you need to win. I mean, he is that guy. And, you know, secondly, look, stats only tell you so much. And I think Caleb Love is the perfect example of that. And it really shows you know, the folks who are watching him, who are watching college football and who aren't. I think it's one thing to look at a stat sheet, to look at how he's played at North Carolina. And if you want to tell me he's not an efficient player, he's a ball hog. Well, that just tells me you haven't been watching him. Yeah, um, you did. Jason Shear, we're, talk, we're, we're talking to you. Um, but, yeah, you know, sure. yeah, yeah, we'll ask we'll ask Shear about that in the 8 o'clock oh, hour. Oh, Shear's had a lot of wrong takes gonna, on this team. He's got to continue to eat crow about that one. But, look, I mean, he, he is a guy that Arizona hasn't seen in, in, in quite a while. Arizona's obviously had some really talented players, but I don't think we've seen a clutch player like this in quite a while, Mike. Uh, no, we haven't seen a clutch player like this. I mean, he is just he, – he, he's remarkable. Uh, you know, it's – you know, uh, Matt Matt Mulebach, our good friend Matt Mulebach, uh, coined the phrase "mini Mamba" for him multiple times on air. Uh, again, we got another back of the A reference last night as yes. well. I'm not sure it's how the the regular hosts of the show would feel about that nickname, but I like it. I like I like the name a lot. I mean, well, Justin has very high standards because keep in mind he calls Devin Booker Kmart Kobe. So oh, there you if, go. yeah, so again and but we will say that uh, for sake of argument that Caleb Love is better than uh, Devin Booker and uh, we would rather have Caleb Love um but 
uh, you know, joking aside, he is, uh, you know, he's just got a flair for the dramatic. And last year, Arizona didn't have that dude. I mean, you had a lot of guys like Kirk Creaser that told you that he did, but not really. And then, you know, like, uh, try to think who else, you know, Tubelis. Tubelis was, was, yeah, Tubelis was great, but Tubelis was passive in the sense that, like, he would get you the points, but, like, from an impact standpoint or clutch standpoint, like, he wasn't that guy. Ben Wood White and I were there on assignment in Sacramento, and we were watching it. And the game, when the game got close, like, Tubelis would pass up an 18-footer, kind of yep. meekly dribble in for a 16-footer, and then get swatted or swatted away. It was not good. You um, and Sheer all knew with, what, 10 minutes left in that game that they were losing. And just, the like looks on, just the looks on our face was like, man. Arizona, if they have Caleb Love, does not lose that game because Caleb Love would take every shot and not allow it to happen. Uh, Arizona did not have anybody like that. And that's always, too, why I get people that are like, oh, Mike, Mike Luke, this guy, Caleb Love fanboy. Correct. I am. But, yep. um, you know, you look around college basketball, there's just not a lot of players that are built like him that are that you know, that, you know, it can be, two, you know, two of 20, and those next four shots are going in. But you also look at it, too. There's a passion in which he plays with. There's a there's a pride factor in which he plays with that is somewhat unique, um, you know, in college basketball, and especially, too, with a guy that was, like, a top five, top ten player coming out of high school. You know, yeah. you're just thinking, all right, well, on to the NBA after a year or two or whatever the case may be. A lot of players like that would sulk. They would say, eh, you know, uh, I don't really want to be here. Whatever the case may be, Caleb Love did not do any of that. And not only did Caleb Love not do any of that, he's embraced this moment. And he's been everything that uh, I think he's been, quite frankly, he's been everything that, uh, you know, that any uh, Arizona fan could, uh, you know, could rightfully hope that he could be. Um, he's got a, uh, you know, but again, his, uh, legacy is going to be, uh, his legacy is going to be built come March though. I mean, so far yep, so good. Yeah. I mean that, you know, he's the best player on a team that should be a one seed. Uh, you know, tomorrow I'm sure we'll preview a little bit of, uh, of, uh, Oregon and whatnot's going on with Bruce Pascoe. Maybe talking to <laughs> Bruce about his untuckets and, oh, by the way, don't forget the, uh, Bobby Robbins audio, um, for tomorrow with Bruce, Ben one white. Yes. These, good call. These are why Ben. These are why you know I I lead the show off, but Ben is the uh, Ben is the backbone. He is the Ben bone of uh, any of any show that I do because this is why. Um, but all right, now back to the back to this team though. Again, I know this is a cliche. I don't care. I'm gonna keep saying it because if I get a good point every now and then, I'm just gonna beat it home. Um, I don't really care necessarily about who Arizona plays. I really don't because yeah. again, to me, if Arizona brings it. Game on, buddy. I'll take my chances against Fairleigh Dickinson, or I'll take my chances against, you know, Purdue. Well, I, I would definitely take my chances against Purdue. But you get the point, though. This team's got the talent. This team's got all of the pieces to be able to make this work, Ben One White. They do, and why don't we look at that coming up next when it comes to bracket projections and what this team needs to do for the rest of the season. As I set you up for a tease while you take a drink of water. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought you were going to tease there. That's why I was... I was so used to relying on Ben for everything that I'm like, all right, well, Ben's got this one going into break. All right. You know, again, a well-oiled machine here at 7.20 a.m. in the morning, as always. Yep. All right. Come back with us, though. You were listening to Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson. There's going to be some sort of combination with the Big 12 and ACC. There's, it's going to happen. An alliance, would There's, you say? I don't use that word. <laughs> a friendship? How about something in writing? An agreement. Yeah, a contractual yeah. agreement. Yeah. If you combine and, and have some sort of... Uh, Alliance. Stop using that word, Justin. <laughs> Stop using that word. Right. 
Wake Up with Spears and Ali. Weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on 1490 AM, 94.9 HD4 ESPN Tucson. Brought to you by Tucson Federal Credit Union and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. You listen to Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson, 1490-949, Channel 4 on your HD dial. I am Mike Luke. That is Ben White filling in all this week for Justin Spears and Ali Farhang. Andrew Trujillo in here babysitting us, making sure that we don't get in any trouble. Andrew Trujillo doing yeoman's work. Andrew, we very much appreciate this. Absolutely, sir. Absolutely. Making sure we don't break anything. Yep. Yep. Ah, yep, yep, yep. That's that's why we got like the ten foot policy. So yeah, again, I'm more worried about very Mike good work here. Yes. No. And again, we stay on script. We do not go ever off script here because again, well oiled machine, as you can tell. All right. Now, Arizona. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Arizona and what the future holds for the Wildcats. Um, this. Uh, listen. Uh, in the Pac-12 tournament, which I am very, very much looking forward to. Um, I need Arizona. The only team that I'd be cool with Arizona losing to is Washington State. And again, I wouldn't be cool with them losing, but man, Ben, I want Arizona to play Washington State. Give me Washington State or give me death because essentially this is, you know, they beat you twice. Um, You get them on a neutral court in the Pac-12 tournament. That's what you want because this is probably a two-bid league. You know, I like making fun of the Big Ten. We will make fun of the Big Ten. We will be relentless in our mockery of the Big Ten. But... At the same time, the Pac-12 stinks. Um, there's probably two teams in here, and that is, or and Washington State's one of them. They're two and zero against Arizona. I want a rematch against Washington State. Ben One White. Well, I think you're going to get it because when you look across the Pac-12, and particularly how these other teams are playing right now, um, don't really see anybody else. I mean, maybe Oregon, maybe, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah, you should I, win I that game. It's in McHale. No excuses. Cor- correct. You, sh- you should win out. There's no excuses. And then you got to start looking ahead to what, what the bracket looks like. So I think I think in terms of the future and, and what it holds, I think this tournament is important, but it also isn't in the sense that you have a pretty good idea as to where Arizona is going to be. I mean, God forbid, unless they drop two or three games, which I just don't see happening at all. Um, but yeah, you should take care of business. You should go into that Pac-12 tournament with a chip on your shoulder, understanding that, hey, like I, we lost to Washington State twice. We got swept by them, and that's not something that we take lightly, and it's not okay. So with that being said, we're going to come in here and we're, we're going to dominate Vegas. We're going to dominate this tournament, which they have historically. And, you know, I, I don't see why they wouldn't, especially with a performance last night, right, where – it's ASU, you know, this team, we've seen at times during the, the season, right? You played a little bit down to your competition. You kind of go out there and go through the motions. I get the game was close for a little bit last night, but not very long. But point being, there was none of that. This team, for the most part, kept their foot on the gas pedal. They got everybody involved. The bench looks a lot more comfortable. And I think you're at a point where, you know, you talk about going eight, nine deep into the, the tournament. And look, the tournament is is very top heavy in the sense that you're going to have your players. The rotation is going to be tightened up. But I think if Arizona needs to go to seven guys, they can comfortably go to seven guys. And I think you're at a point in the year where you're comfortable with that. And the Pac-12 tournament is only going to give you more practice because this team has shown us throughout the course of the regular season that they need a little bit of extra time. And if they're clicking at the right point in time, I'm all for more games and I'm all for getting more experience. Yeah, I'm all for more games as well. Here's here's where I'm here's where I stand. I want to win the regular season Pac-12 championship, period. Uh, Again, you got Oregon coming up. You're at McHale. You should win that game. I know that Oregon's got some talent. And then you play the L.A. schools. They stink. You got Mick, with Mick Cronin. That team's not good. It's not very talented. Um, Arizona should beat them. Andy Enfield, 
my guy, has not had a good, good year. You got USC, and listen, the best thing that can happen for Arizona in that game is that ESPN showing Bronny James highlights because that means there will be two of them, and Arizona will have won by 37. <laughs> so that's what Arizona needs, though. Um, you win those games out, and then I think you got to feel really, really, really good about your chances to get a number one seed out west. We're going to talk about those chances here in just a second. And then in the Pac-12 tournament, you can't. the only thing is you can't just stub your toe and lose to, like, Oregon State no. again. Or, you know, or somebody like that. You can't lose to some bum team. As long as you don't lose to some, like, super crap team, then Arizona, Arizona's in good shape. But, again, it's I know it's super dumb to say, well, we're going to take this one game at a time. But, joking aside, you do kind of just need to, to take this. Yeah. You do just need to take this one game at a time, Ben One White. Yeah, I mean, look, because, I mean, game by game, you don't know what's going to happen, right? And the momentum you have today may not necessarily carry the same way it does, you know, come Saturday or whenever the next game is. But I think Arizona should be fine, right? I mean, this is Vegas. They know how to take care of business. They know how important this time is. And I think more importantly, too, you look at some of the players on the roster with Johnson and Love, they know how important this time of year is. They know what it means to be in a Final Four. They know what it takes. And I really hope, too, I mean, you talk about, experience and you talk about that element that's something that you just can't coach unless you've been there and you've had the experience and I think Lloyd recognizes that and I think that's you know obviously aside from the fact that love is a great player and he brings so much to the table you know that's that's another reason why you bring in a guy like that because I think fit is important I think personnel is important but you know there's no secret that this team hasn't had that clutch factor they haven't had that deep run in March and Lloyd knows that he knows he's going to be judged based on what happens in this tournament so um, again, I think they're in a really good spot, and I hope and I think it'll be the case where you look back in the regular season and some of these challenges, and you kind of just laugh and smile, and you're almost glad it happened because it forced this team to kind of get their stuff together and figure out some things where, you know, if you played a, a schedule that maybe wasn't as tough in the non-conference or um, you didn't have these troubles on the road, you, you probably wouldn't find out what kind of team you are. And I think this team has found out exactly what it's capable of. And when it has guys performing that the, the way they did last night, you know, uh, there's not a team in the country that scares me per se. Like from a matchup standpoint, you know, we keep hammering Houston, UConn, uh, Purdue, teams like that. But Arizona could beat a team at it on any given night. I'm not really worried about that. And, you know, it's been a while since we could say that, Mike Luke. Uh, yes, it's been a very long time since we could say that. Well, not a very long time, but it's definitely been a time. Now, let's go through the brackets a little bit here. Joe Lenardi. Um, I'm going to cut down Joe Lenardi before we use Joe Lenardi as our source here. Uh, Joe Lenardi uh, generally is not very good at this. I don't know why he is the one that uh, uh, ESPN hires, because generally Joe Lenardi is in the bottom 25% of bracketologists. But you know what? Uh, who cares? <laughs> Let's. Uh, here's what he's got out west. All right, he's got Arizona as the one seed out west. He's got Kansas as a two. Duke is a three. San Diego State is a four. Kentucky is a five. Sign me up for that every day of the week, Ben. Yes, please. Thank you. I would absolutely take that draw. Yeah, because with Kansas, right, I mean, like, they're obviously really good, but they've had their challenges. Arizona can play fast, and I think match the guard play 
Duke, obviously, I don't need to explain to our our listeners. You saw what happened there. They're more than capable. I mean, Kentucky might worry me a little bit just because they're bigger and more athletic. SDSU, too. But again, right, those teams can't score. Arizona has done a better job of playing against those type of opponents. And, you know, you're, you're in the West. I mean, look, we always talk about how you want to be in the West, but I, I think that matters, right? Like going yeah. to Greenville, North Carolina, or wherever the hell you're going to go out east. Ben, or... you've lived in Greenville, North Carolina, have you not? No, I, I lived thought in you Char- did. Char- Charlotte, North Carolina. Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. Yes, Sorry, go yes. ahead. But again, right, I think that's a big advantage. And I think the fact that, you know, you start out in Salt Lake City, there'll probably be a decent amount of Arizona fans, but then you move to that second weekend in LA. It's going to be packed with Arizona fans here locally in Southern California and, and people making the journey from from Phoenix and Tucson. So I, I would take that bracket. Um, you know, I, the South is where I don't want to be because you got Houston and some of these other teams that are a little bit more bigger and athletic. But again, like unless Arizona just completely, you know, has issues in, in the Pac-12 tournament. Right. I, I don't see that being the case. And I think you're in a pretty good spot to to get that West. I mean, you can only control, you know, so much, but. You know, I think Arizona, what he has Arizona playing potentially Little Rock or Grambling State in the first round. OK, and then, then that second round, you're probably looking at a team like Michigan State, which, oh, by the way, we've seen before or TCU, something along those lines. So, yeah, like no bracket is perfect. I mean, you know, who knows how accurate any bracket really is. Quite honestly, you talk about Lenardi being wrong. Um, well, there's a guy be- called Dom the Baller or somebody like that. That's like his name. That uh, and we'll ask we'll ask Sheer about it. Uh, we'll ask Sheer about it as well. But he, you got to follow this guy. This guy's amazing. He got like 67 out of the 68 right last year, and he got them like all down to the same exact uh, place. Ben White, check this guy out. His name is like Dom the Baller. Bracket Dom, prime time Bracket bracketology. Dom, yeah, yeah. Yes, him. He's good. He's very, very good. From now on, we, he's like Walter Football. He might not have the biggest name, but he's got the biggest game, and we will rely Walter on him. Football. All right, I have him up. So he has he essentially has the same thing as Lenardi here for the West. Arizona, one seed, Little Rock or Grambling State. You probably play a team like Michigan State there in that round of 32. Right. So, yeah, I get it. Shearer is also a bracketologist now. Did you, did you notice that Shearer is a, putting out his own projections and then uh, yeah, but patting, no, patting, himself, patting himself on the back when it matches uh, Lenardi and some of these yeah, other guys? Yeah, Shearer. It's like, Shearer, looking... Shearer, how much did you really look at that? Or are you just copying Here's what everybody else? And we're we will mock we're gonna mock Sheer behind his back, but we'll also mock him to his face. That is the sign of a good friend. Correct. But uh, but let's mock him behind his back. Sheer's only gonna take the uh, Sheer's just gonna look at the um, uh, like three bracketologists, and then he's just gonna basically mold them all together, and then maybe like move one thing out and say, oh, well, we all basically lined up. No, you looked at everybody <laughs> else's brackets, and then you basically molded them into yours. Uh, we we know what you're doing, Jason. Shear, I, lo- I love how when Sheer writes anything on the website, whether it's a, a bracket or a breakdown, it's not it's not Sheer. It's the term we, like you, me, and Cody, and no. all these other people, all mutually agreed to these uh, to these yeah. claims or opinions. I'll look at these breakdowns. I'll be like, yeah, I didn't, I don't, I don't necessarily think that, but okay. Yeah, or it's like, or it's like he's consulting with Erica Day, perhaps, or something. Yes, who's a lot Steve smarter writers. than him. By the way, Arizona women's basketball tonight at, what, 7 o'clock, Ben White? 7 o'clock, yep. I will not be watching, but I will be listening. Um, yes. But, uh, yes. Um, but, anyways, that's a story for another day. Um, we'll maybe talk about that a little bit with Skier. But, uh, anyway, <laughs> but back to uh, but back to Arizona, though. I'll take that bracket. Now, again, in that second-round game in the, era, in the NCAA tournament this year, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be – 
you're going to have a game. You're going to have it's a dogfight on your yeah. hands. It's just going to be the way it is. I mean, the days of just kind of cruising to the Sweet 16 then having to play games are over. That round yep. of 32 game is going to be difficult, Ben. It is. It is. And this team knows it, right? Because they were in a spot last year where that round of 64, they thought they could just, you know, cruise right through it and not take it seriously. And uh, a team like Princeton, a, a freaking uh, Ivy League, goes out there and and out and shoots the lights out and, you know, outplays you there in the second half. And you, you saw what happened. So, again, like, it's no joke, man. I mean, this happens all the time. I mean, you see teams losing early, I think, more so than ever. I mean, I'd have to pull up the stat, but I, I forget somebody put it out there. But between all these one seeds, Purdue, Arizona, UConn, Houston, um, I think it was, what, two or three one seeds that lost last year? Something crazy like that. So, I mean, everybody's vulnerable, Mike, especially in the yes, first Yes, everybody's round. vulnerable. And, uh, you know, but again, that's also kind of what makes it charming. Purdue is very vulnerable as well. The uh, I will be very interested to see uh, what uh, what Brad, what's, uh, what their, what their draw is. And we can pretend that uh, Purdue is not in uh, in danger of uh, losing uh, in any of those games. But well, that is a that is a talk for another day. Um, <laughs> all right. But anyways, with Arizona though, again, Tommy Lloyd just gonna keep saying it, man. Like I love Tommy Lloyd. I think he's fantastic. I love how he interacts with people. I love how he, uh, you know, I love how he treats people. Um, his players. I do like when he gets a little upset. He gets a little bit of that cilantro sauce going at the taco. It's nice. But um, overall, though, you know, he's yeah. I know that was stupid, but whatever. I was <laughs> trying to come up with a yeah, whatever. Um, but uh, you know, you watch him though, and it's it's just kind of cool to watch. I also like watching him uh, talk with the referees before the game. It's very interesting. Where I imagine like Sean Miller or Mick Cronin basically telling him, "Yeah, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna destroy your hubcap if you give us a bad call." Whereas with Tommy destroy Lloyd, destroy your hubcap. Yeah, I mean, about, you know, I'm gonna key your car. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna key your Kia. I'm gonna I'm gonna employ the Kia boys to take your car. Um, but. I imagine it. I imagine it always being some kind of standoffish, kind of like. Bleh. Whereas with like Tommy Lloyd, he's like slapping him on the back, and he's like, "Hey, you know, how's the kids? You know, uh, is the address still the same for the Christmas gift?" I mean, it just the way that he the way that he works the officials is awesome, and I've always thought that's the way a coach should do. You know what I'm not trying to do is piss off the piss person off the officials, that is, right? Is piss off the person that is responsible for calls against me. I've never understood that but uh, tommy lloyd does not do that because tommy lloyd a leader of men a captain of industry a titan of commanders but on that note um we're going to take a quick little break want to talk a little bit of nfl next ben white what do you what say you let's do it all right that's called a tease a very specific vague tease come back with us to listen to spears and ollie you're starting to really see the creativity of Jet Fish. Yeah, I mean, uh, that was probably the last box to be checked, right? But, you know, in that first year, when you're cooking with chicken and poop, you get chicken poop stew. That's what you get, right? I hate chicken poop stew. N- nobody likes yeah. it, but that's what you get. Yeah. All you got is chickens and poop. You're going to get chicken poop stew. Wake up with Spears and Ali. Weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on 1490 AM, 94.9 HD4 ESPN Tucson. Brought to you by Tucson Federal Credit Union and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. You're listening to Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson, 1490-949, Channel 4 on your HD dial. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right, we're going to get into a little bit of NFL here uh, because that's what the uh, the show rundown says. All right, now, the NFL Players Association released a culture survey on each individual team. And this is kind of an interesting, this is an interesting topic. I'm glad you brought this up. This is right up my alley. Um, so... 
long story short, it's basically, you know, what is the morale like in the uh, the organization? You know, stuff like that. Basically, it's like rate your boss type stuff. Yes. So, the, uh, so here's the top five teams. The bottom five is what we're going to um, – the uh, the bottom part uh, the bottom part the bottom part <laughs> is uh, I was just thinking about all right is the uh, uh, the uh, I think the most entertaining but here the Dolphins the Vikings the Packers the Eagles and the Jaguars are the ones that uh, graded out best the Jaguars are probably in the top five because most of those players remembered uh, playing for Urban Meyer correct and and you know it was only up from there when he's not kicking his kicker. Um, the Eagles, but, uh, the Eagles head coach is clueless, so he just tries to be nice to the players. They've got an imploding he always situation looks like, there. Dude, Sirianni always looks like he's on the verge of like really crying, or it looks like he's cried for like the last like like forty years or something. He's Sir, just coming. Sir, out of- Sirianni is like the Wizard of Oz, where you think there's this big bad wizard, and then you you know undo yeah. the curtain and just see it's some guy standing there. That's what happens when Sirianni loses both his coordinators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I. I and he, but he looks like a really nice guy, though. He does, he does. genuinely. Yeah. He looks like he and Bruce Pascoe would be a very innocent conversation. Um, but uh, so anyways, but you've got him. Uh, the Dolphins doesn't surprise me. Mike McDaniels um, wants to be uh, everybody's friend. He seems to be everybody's friend. Yes, exactly. He seems to qualify for every. Uh, uh, well, wants to tell you how great Tua Tagovailoa is all day long. Yes, exactly. But uh, but in all actuality, though, he's a pretty good coach. He's done a good job yeah. there. Um, and then the Vikings surprises me. Uh, the Vikings surprised me a little bit. But I think the Vikings are aren't they the epitome of the team that we're just happy to be here, man. Let's just be eight and eight, nine and seven each year, and or yeah, or nine yeah. and eight. Yeah. So Go the ahead. combine's obviously going on this week, and they're doing a bunch of interviews. I think they asked uh, Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell about Kirk Cousins, and he was he was very quick to say, no, 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 no we're not we're not considering moving off him. And um, he alluded to how there were some challenges, and he's probably thinking to himself, man, I'm not going back to Nick Mullins or Josh Dobbs. I need somebody in here. We just need somebody to be competent. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's exactly that's exactly what it was. I mean, I don't think that there's there's really any other <laughs> uh, choice on that one. And then let's see the Packers. Listen, um, I thought Jordan Love was going to stink, um, so did I. but yeah, but the Packers are pretty good. Uh, and um, should honestly, beat the, the Niners. Yeah, and on yeah for sure. And honestly, the coach is obviously good. I mean, you win you yeah. win ten. Lafleur wins ten to twelve games every single season, whether it's with Jordan Rogers or Jordan Rogers. Jordan Rogers, yeah. It's, it's, whether Jordan it's Rogers wishes, but what, but hey, what, Aaron Rodgers did get better under him. You know, two MVPs. Yeah, he did for so. sure. So you know, uh, so I get that. And then the uh, let's see here, oh, the so bottom those are five all the teams. All right, let's now let's make fun five. of the bottom five because I find these interesting. First of all, I want to mock the Patriots. Um. The Patriot way and all of that nonsense, I think, was kind of – well, not kind of. I think it was. It was exposed. That was all. Ben White has disagreed with me for 20 years on this, uh, even though we haven't known each other 20 years, but he's still been wrong for 20 years. That was all Tom Brady, all of that. Every last part of that was Tom Brady. Uh, Bill Belichick was 82-104 and 104 in a long, long, long sample size without Tom Brady. He stunk before Tom Brady. He stunk after Tom Brady. Tom Brady goes on and wins Super Bowls and MVPs with the uh, the Bucks at in the in his 40s. Belichick fraud, Ben, and the whole He's... thing about how being this wizard. Well, it doesn't really work when you're not winning games and TB12 isn't bailing you out. <laughs> He's not a fraud. He's a really good defensive coach, but he has no clue what he's doing with quarterbacks and offense. I'll give you that. Okay. Well, I mean, that's that's the <laughs> – he's a really, really good coach, but he has no clue what he's doing on offense. Hey, man, a lot of coaches are really good on one side of the ball, you know. 
As crazy as it sounds, I mean, look how bad he got without Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels, I think, is a really good OC. He's just an awful head coach because I think he's really bad with uh, with people. Um, it's so, it's a weird dynamic there for sure. So you're take all right. So you're saying with Belichick then that um, he's basically a really good DC, but he's not a good head coach. Uh, say it. Yes and no. I'm saying that with. Uh, I'm saying with a quarterback like Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi and the fact that, you know, you're in these games the majority of the year, granted you lost a lot of games, it just goes to show you how good their defense was. But uh, yeah, man, he, um, he definitely relied a lot on Tom Brady, but was, was he a fraud? No. I mean, come on. The guy, the guy has talked about in head coaching circles, like, uh, like he's got at times. Now, granted he didn't get a job and that's a whole other story, but we could dive into that as well. I mean, 82 and 104, though, as a head coach without Tom Brady's not good, Ben. It's not good. But okay. if you, and that's a big, that's you, like 20 years. Or correct. not 20 years. That's but like somebody years. like Brady, if you take that record away from other coaches, I would, I would assume it would be kind of similar. But, well, look at it. Look at it. Let's, let's talk, uh, let's talk uh, Andy Reid for a second. Andy Reid has won everywhere he's been. Andy Reid's got. Andy Reid has had some good quarterbacks. Alex Smith. Alex Smith ain't bad. Alex Smith, dude, come on. Alex Smith won everywhere he went with the Niners. Well, he wasn't winning until Harbaugh. Dude, he was there. let go by the Niners. Get out of here with that <laughs> nonsense. He was getting, he got, was let go, but for Kaepernick, bro. Come on, man. Come on. But uh, uh, joking aside, though, I can see why the Patriots. Plus, I do like, I do like how everybody bashes Bob Kraft. Like, you see what Bill Parcells <laughs> said about him? That was awesome yeah. the other day. He says, that guy knows. This is his ex-boss, and he says, that guy knows nothing about football at all. <laughs> <laughs> you got, like, Hall of Fame coaches bashing him, saying, this guy would, like, come into, like, uh, draft meetings or something, and he'd ask, like, huh, you know, uh, so uh, what positions are we looking at this year, guys? <laughs> what positions are we looking at? Dude, it's your team. You should have a really good idea of what positions you're looking at. Oh, all right. We got, oh, cool. We got a caller. Somebody's listening. Nice. Viking Tony. Oh, no. I wonder if he's going to call in to bash us about the Vikings. Hello, Viking Tony. Great name, by the way. Good morning. Everywhere we go, people want to know who we are, so we tell them. Losing Patriots. Losing Patriots. That's who we are. Um, So, you know, this theory about Josh McDaniels being a good coach. Yeah, I didn't say that, Tony. Just so you know, that was Ben, not me. Good coordinator. Well, whoever coach. said it, I, I'm just uh, reacting to it because other than uh, Tom Brady, where has he been successful with any co- any uh, quarterback or any player? You need a cyborg to get along with that cyborg. Um, the guy, he must have pulled all his markers in, been blessed because he's given every opportunity to fail, uh, and, he, and he never disappoints. He is a horrible coach and i think the people around him who've been under him have said that so why this guy continues to get opportunities god must have favored him for some reason and his parents because uh he hasn't proven it on the field so i don't know what to say about that guy but i am calling you guys about one thing i'd like to know what trade what crazy trade you think might happen and I do have a, a theory about – I do have an uh, idea of which trade that might be. Well, Tony, listen, we rely on the listeners because we don't know much. Let's, what is that <laughs> trade? And we can tell you and pretend that we had an idea about it. Uh, okay, well, I'm thinking Vikings trade their star 
wide receiver who they cannot afford and who doesn't want to really play for more than two or three million more than the league uh, highest paid player, and he wants all these demands. Vikings cannot afford him, and they're not. They don't have a team around him to really utilize or maximize his skills. Yes, he's a great, great performer. He is a great athlete. He's a great wide receiver. Love to keep him in another reality world, but we can't. I think they move. They move away from Jefferson. They trade him so they can move up. They keep their 11th pick, and then when it comes to 11th pick. They moved down to grab more uh, picks so they can get uh, build, rebuild their team a lot quicker. They move off of Kirk Cousins. Thank God Almighty. Let's pray. Uh, and then uh, they have a bridge quarterback, a Wilson, a Sam Donald. Who knows? But I think the biggest thing might be that the Vikings trade Justin, Justin Jefferson to get that number one franchise quarterback that they haven't had since Trantarkin. Is 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 Kirk Cousins? Hey, wait a second. Randall Cunningham almost won. Did did Randall Cunningham win an MVP for with you guys? Uh, I, you know what? I don't know. I'm not sure because he came back from cutting stones. Yeah, and, he was cutting uh, stones. He was like a mason or something. Yes. So I don't know, sir. I I just uh, I just follow the Vikings. I like their colors. I'm not totally involved with them, but I don't no, know you're, about Cunningham. I'm right. sorry. You're you're the you're the man you're the man Viking Tony. And uh, by the way, that is a great name. Viking Tony is fantastic. That is you would never want to cross path or mess with anybody named Viking Tony. So again, you keep that name, and that is uh, that is awesome. We very much appreciate your phone call. Thank you, guys. Keep the good work up. Appreciate you, buddy. All right, I'll tell you what. On the on the other Man, side, Viking she... Tony really wants to blow up the uh, the Vikings. No oh, cousins, I was no say. Justin Jefferson. Let's make fun Zach of Kirk... Wilson. Zach Wilson. Let's make fun of Kirk Cousins on the other side a little bit, though. That's another one that Ben White and I were right about. And again, when you're right about so few things, you only want to focus on those. Yes. We're going to talk about that. Then we got Sheer coming up at eight o'clock. By the way. <laughs> Ben, message Sheer because he's probably sleeping and snoring right now. So uh, get him up. But on that note, come back with us, Spears and Ali. There is going to be something. In my opinion, I have no inside information, but I read tea leaves. I have a lot of tea leaves on my on my, on my desk at work, and I read them. And then I decide, what, what do I think is going to happen? That's how he practices law as well. Yeah, <laughs> it works. 100% success rate. Farhangamekka.com. Wake up with Spears and Ali, weekday mornings 7 to 9 on 1490 AM, 94.9 HD4 ESPN Tucson. Brought to you by Tucson Federal Credit Union and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. Listen, Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson, 1490-949, channel 4 on your HD dial. All right, now, uh, we got some tickets to give away. Are we still giving away these tickets, Andrew Trujillo, for race car? I believe we are. All right, here's the deal. Get, you can get one pair of digital tickets to the General Tire 150 Arkham Menards or Series Raceway kicking off the NASCAR weekend at the Phoenix Raceway. These are digital tickets. Please get, or give accurate emails. Promotions will email these tickets no later than March 6th, 2024 at 5 p.m. Winners, be patient because you're all you're all winners for a uh, you're all winners for a reason. Check it out again. Um, now, what else should we, we give it? A, we got anything else that we got to give away this hour, Andrew Trujillo? I don't think so, but let's go with caller three for those NASCAR tickets. Let's do caller three. All right, now, oh, the ESPN Tucson Word Challenge. I like this. All right. 
ESPN Tucson uh, wants to help you pay for a tank of gas, groceries, an emergency repair, a game with friends, or just a night on the town at your favorite sports bar or even a vacation, or all of these. It's the ESPN Tucson Cash Pal with a chance to win $2,024 every weekday. Here's how you qualify. Listen for keywords to be announced between 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. every weekday. Once you've got the keywords, text them to 719-1490 for your chance to win the cash info at ESPNTucson.com. All right, we got Jason Shear from Wildcat Authority coming up in the next hour. Ben, what were we talking about? I can't even remember. Uh, well, we were talking with uh, Viking Tony, and he was talking about how he potentially could see the Vikings trading uh, Justin Jefferson and moving on from Kirk Cousins, which I but, think would be bizarre. But is Kirk, Cousins, is Kirk Cousins Dak Prescott? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, kind of the same dude. Lots of cool regular season numbers, but... And, you know, kind of fools some people into thinking that he's going to be really good in the postseason. Never fooled me. But you're not, let's be honest, you're not going anywhere with Kirk Cousins as your quarterback. So I do understand Tony's, uh, um, I don't know necessarily about bringing in Sam Darnold um, as the starter. (laughs) Or Zach Wilson. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I don't know about those. But I do understand what Tony's saying. And Tony was, uh, um, I thought Tony was making some good points about you got to move on from Kirk Cousins. Uh, Excuse me, just not good enough. And um, that's kind of where I think it's at with Kirk Cousins, Ben. I can see you disagreeing vehemently over there. No, I, I agree with you. I just don't think they actually will. Um, I think that they have their GM is from a cap standpoint. They they want to maintain Kirk Cousins. I think, you know, you're 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 pretty competitive when everybody's healthy. Like you can definitely win that division. Granted, it's it's much harder now because the Lions and Packers are going to be right there. But I still think that they feel like they can compete. I don't think they're at a point where they want to tank quite yet, but it uh, definitely could be coming. I mean, it's, it's going to depend what Kirk Cousins is going to want from a money standpoint, right? Because his deal is up. I, I don't think you're going to pay Kirk Cousins DAC money. I, I certainly hope you wouldn't. I would certainly hope you would learn your lesson from that, but uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, in terms of the, uh, what were we talking about? We we're talking about the culture survey. Did you like how the Chiefs uh, finished last? Yeah, I was kind of surprised by that, to be honest with you. I mean, you got a coach that's comfortable in the sideline having his best player spit in his face on national television. Um, it's almost was, like these players take this uh, survey as a joke, you would think, I mean, right? Do, like with the do, way the results ever, are. Do you so ever here's, the, here's the criteria. Treatment of families, the cafeteria food at the facility, the nutrition, the locker room atmosphere, which the Cardinals scored an F on because I'm just looking at the Cardinals review. I don't know what that means. The training room the training staff, the weight room, the strength coaches, the team travel, the head coach, and the ownership. Those are your criteria that they're grading on. You know, that's one of those things if I'm Andy Reid, I'm going in there, I'm like, guys, what gives? Come on, man. Come on, we won the Super Bowl. What more do you want me to do? <laughs> We've won three Super Bowls in the last six years. What more do you want from me? And, again, I mean, I don't know a lot of coaches, to be honest with you. And, granted, it was Travis Kelsey. I get it. I don't know a lot of coaches that would have been totally okay with just, you know, like putting, uh, you know, just uh, uh, scraping off the knees and then saying, yeah, go ahead, man. Yell at me on national TV. Kelsey, can you imagine if Kelsey did that to Bill? Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, dude, he'd throw like something at him. He'd throw that. It's like that, <laughs> he that gif where he just day. throws the flag down at the guy's feet. He'd be cut the next day. Belichick, why did you cut the best tight end in football? Because he disrespected me. Yeah, because he wasn't part of the, or the, uh, the Patriot yes. way. All right. We're coming back. We got one hour down, one hour to go. You only got one more hour of pain. Come back with us, Spears and Ali. Do you want Spears and Ali unchained, unfiltered, uncensored? 
If you like the live show on ESPN Tucson, 1490 AM, 94.9 HD, Channel 4, and the ESPN Tucson mobile app, then you'll love Spears and Ollie Overtime, where we discuss sports, culture, movies. And enough with the gratuitous cussing, Justin. I mean, you don't have to always use words like and and go yourself. It's Spears and Ollie Overtime. Subscribe, rate, and comment on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.